It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Are back live on YouTube. This is the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He is Gordon. We've just gotten back from the pen relays about oh, 24 hours ago. For me, when did you get back? Uh, 21 hours ago. We're here. We're dry. We're live. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Gordon and I are going to recap what we saw. Also, Gordon just going to recap his whole trip day by day because yeah. he was there for the extra extra week. <laughs> We're also going to talk about that Botswana Continental Tour meet, which was exciting. Uh, Isama Singa running a really fast 200, and we will preview, preview, that's right, preview the first Diamond League meet of the year. Kevin, I know you told me not to bring this up on the pod, but I'm, yeah, but I'm tired. Yeah. We had a long three days, even though we didn't run any races. I did zero running. Did you run any of the three days? One day. You ran one day. I great. ran zero of the days. Mm-hmm. Great, great run, by the way. But we watched like 12 hours of track every day. Yeah. And so that can be tiring. Let's do a little behind the scenes. How many races did you watch trackside? I watched one race trackside. Because you were busy. Because I was busy in the media room uh, handling logistics. It wasn't as if he had left the meet or no, 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 doing no. anything more enjoyable. No, he wanted to be out there. Yes. But he had to handle logistics. So he was inside. What was the one race you came out for? Uh, the one race I came out for was the four by mile. And as you know, this I thought this was the year of the four by mile. I thought it was the year of the mile. I kept on talking about it. We had fifty thousand people break four. Mm-hmm. We had an all time field. Washington, I begged for them to come across the country to run in this race. They did that. I thought the stars were aligning. Oklahoma State was in the mix. It was gonna be the perfect sub sixteen potential world record event. And after the first First leg, I was like, hey. 401? Yeah, 401. That's when I went out. So I actually, after the first leg, is when I saw 401, I was like, okay, I need to be on the track, get the mojo going. Yeah. Then they're going to start running you faster. You thought they'd see you yes. and be inspired. They're like, oh, Gordon's here. He's like, well, guess I what? I got him. out there for the second mile. You know what they did in the second lap, the mile? They broke four. They ran like 357, 358. Yeah. Gary Martin, shout out Gary Martin, UVA. 
runs 357, I believe. So they're eight flat through two miles. So I'm like, all right, this is good. Feeling good. Good juju's going. Third lap, I mean, third mile, still good. We're like 12.03 or something like that. I'm like, that's enough. 12.03, we have 352 milers on the anchor. That's nothing. We're going to see a sub-16. We're going to see multiple sub-16s. And then lap one of the anchor, it was deja vu. It was 2015. Even third leg started no, but the, yeah, but the third leg still kept gave it the stick at like twelve oh three. Yes, you could have seen sub sixteen. The world record. Yeah, was I was common. I was okay to let go of the world record, but yeah. I still wanted the sub sixteen. And then the last, then he had a bunch of three fifty two milers, all decided around four ten miles. Nico, I don't know if you can do this. I did this last minute. I filmed Gordon's reaction during the race. I sent it to you on Slack. If you can pull that video in somehow, download it and turn the audio. Although there is some not safe for work language. I was very upset. Uh, but we still had a great race. We still had a, a fun close. You had six teams all run within a second of each other. And of course, the last notable four by mile that I witnessed was the Cheserac versus Jordy Williams, where they were walking on the track. We kind of had a little repeat of that. Yeah. Where Villanova got the win over an Andy Powell led team. Oh, okay. Right? You know, so it was a little bit Nova versus Powell again. This time it was Washington's and Oregon. Um, there was all the teams in the mix, obviously, Wisconsin. Like Duke was in the lead with 200 meters to go. It was like last year and like, like a lot of other previous yeah. years. Before the race even started, our friend Harry, great stats guy, came up to me and said, since 2017, he only went back to 2017, only one leg had gone sub four and a four by mile at Penn, let alone <laughs> any teams yeah. breaking 16. So only one person had done it. Now that second leg this year adds a bunch of people to that list. But we were trying to figure out just what was going on. Okay, do we have the video now? This is, I don't know if you have the, do you have the audio too, Nico? Oh, oh, shit. The orange over black. It's not that hard to run four laps. Huh. I have to wait every year. Every year. And then you found someone who was just as mad as you yeah. were. And then you started talking to them for yeah. five minutes. Every year. It. Every year. It's the same thing. Yeah. Every year. It's like being a Cleveland Browns fan. You think you're going to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> then you lose your first game, and you're like, it's over. So i got to wait another year, April 2024. Will it happen? That's the year we see the sub-16. So, anyway. The weather was iffy, but it wasn't bad distance running weather. No, it was great distance running weather. And by Saturday, it was not that yeah. rainy. Jordy either. Beamish, in his post-race interview after winning the mile, he was like, it turns out, actually, this is kind of great weather for mile running. Yeah. Because it's like not too – you don't want it to be hot. Yeah. You also don't want it to be – it wasn't freezing. It was like kind of the perfect – sure, it was a little humid and the if you ran, the mist was a little annoying, but it was good weather. Yeah. If you ran Thursday night or if you ran Friday, that's second half, or if you're trying to sprint at any point. Yeah. But if you're a distance runner on Saturday, it was good. Good conditions. All right. Let's run through some other highlights. Let's start first with Devin Allen who came back to Philly to much ovation. It's the win by .02. In the high hurdles. No, 0. .002. 0.002, excuse me, over Rafael Pereira. So my thoughts here, we'll fast forward to, kind of go through the halfway point of that race, uh, Nico, you can kind of see, because it's a, a false start. So fast forward a bit, heads up. Um, Nico will get to it. You just you worry about you, Nico. Nico I'm helping Nico. I, let him produce. He's good. He's got it. Let him cook? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the I mean, the conditions, again, were not – Great for sprinting. So sprinting, yeah. you're not going to see a low 13. Um, but Allen almost got beat. Mm-hmm. Some may say 
conspiracy hat theory, which I'm putting on my head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there maybe Ty goes to the hometown favorite. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think that. Or Ty it. goes to the guy who got screwed over at World Championships. I was really close to them at the finish, so I was able to actually see the difference. The point. I don't Hello know. Too, I could catch it. I it felt- was loud. There was a great event. Everybody wanted to see him. Yeah. Probably highest interest singular race was this this run right here. Yeah. I mean, now that he's been with the Philadelphia Eagles for a full year on the practice squad, maybe he'll make the team as the fifth wide receiver. I've been tracking that as they didn't make draft any wide receivers, which is good. They did sign one, but they didn't draft any wide receivers. So Devin Allen may make the first uh, full roster in 2023. But, you know. You got to take the win. I mean, there's some good guys in that race. Pereira of Brazil, he's pretty good. Yeah. Orlando Bennett, Michael yeah. Dixon. Um, again, the time is, is irrelevant because of the conditions, but still has still still has it, and I think he's going to – He's doing football still. They had OTAs, and he, we have post-race interview. He talks about how he's breaking down his week. Yeah. It's still very much split in between track yeah. and football. And I think he's – I mean, obviously Grant is still – Grant – and we never really got to see Devin's true attempt after he did that 12-8 early last year. Will we see another 12-8 Devin? I think we can potentially still see it. He says he still thinks he can get the world record. Yeah, so you know, give him a couple more months. I think it's going to be interesting because Devin probably is not going to race Grant that often because Grant probably won't run uh, USA's again, right? Because he has the bye because he's the world champion. So Devin might really not have that many head-to-heads with the eventual potential with the the real guy he has to beat, which is mm. Grant. So I think Devin, get the, if he came out here with a loss, yeah. like if he would have lost by .002, That's tough. it would have been a lot. Everyone would be like, ooh, 13.46 with a loss. Ooh. A lot of pressure on his so, shoulders for this one. Yeah, but yeah. I liked where he looked at, where, where, where he looks. And uh, he had a live reaction to Eagles made a big trade for a running back. And he was asked in the interview his reaction to them signing the running back. Eagles had a good weekend. That's all I'm saying. They did a great NFL draft. They got some great free agent signings. And then Devin Allen gets the win at Penn Realist. Let's go to high schools for a second. Another one we want to mention, Quincy Wilson of Bullis. Made headlines Ooh. in the opening round of the 4x4 when he split 45-02. 45-02 on the anchor leg, on the, on the last leg for Bullis. The high school races are always going to attract so much attention at, at Penn, especially when you have a good U.S. First, you make a battle. So um, more eyes were on him than normal. Uh, in the final, ran a little bit slower, but a freshman splitting 45-02. Yeah, Nico, why don't we fast forward to the final leg here so we can show uh, Willis's anchor. Um, go to about to, to the 2.15 mark, and you'll be able to get to it. So, Still not him. Still not him. <laughs> We're working towards it. You get one more, a little farther. Two fifteen. You were thinking college splits. That's what. You yeah. Were well, two fifteen. That, that's coming up. All right. Two twenty. Go to like the two two thirty. Here we go. Right, Anchor right, leg. Right, There's right. Wilson. Look at that deficit. Kick of the week. I uh, maybe. Also, this yeah. This is the prelim round, right? This is the yeah. This is the prelim. This isn't the final because in the final, Bullis didn't run as as well. Yeah, um, but he still split forty six or something. Yeah, but those those other squads were just tougher. But yeah, I mean he he made up a huge gap by two hundred. How old is he? He's a freshman. I don't know the exact age. Fifteen. He, he's a freshman. Yeah, it's it, it was it was sensational to see. And like I said, it's just if you're a 
high schooler going into this environment, the pressure must just be immense. And and Wilson delivered. So name to keep an eye on. He was fun. Um, on the women's side of things, Alana Reed. We had talked about her before because of what she did at Champs when she ran the 1092. Well, she was competing for Heidel, and Heidel just cleaned up four by one, four by four. Uh, we saw her in the four by one. She actually ran the opening leg for Heidel's four by one. Tells you how good they are that they can put her on the opening leg and still uh, still get the victory. But they were they were crushing teams all weekend. Yeah, uh, Reed was kind of the star of the women's. Uh, the girls, high school girls, sprints. Um, whenever she was on the track, the Jamaican crowd went nuts, and they backed it up with some impressive wins. Four by four, four by one. And obviously, Reed wasn't in the in the four by four, but she led off here in this four by one. Uh, very impressive. The time was what was it like number four all time, three of her time. It was number three all time. Mark run at the pen relays in non-ideal conditions. You look at this, this, you know, water on the track. So very impressive for the Jamaican team, Heidel. Um, 44-16, second place, 45-59. Yeah, normally you don't win a four-by-one by a second. Second and a half. Yeah, they're rolling. And, uh, and you can see still the puddles on the track, like of how, how cold it was and how wet it was, even on Saturday when it wasn't as bad as it was on, on Friday. But they were, they were cruising. It is fun to watch the, and be there. To see the fans respond. Because even in the prelim heats, when there's a Jamaican team in the mix, it gets so loud. And then if they get past or they're out of it, it just air comes out of the balloon a little bit. But luckily for them, they were winning most of the times they were running. Boys, girls, it didn't really matter. I want to talk about, okay, Providence, two, two women's teams here on the college side. Providence women and Stanford women. Providence women, they won the 4x1500. Did not see that coming. We, I didn't even think I had it in the preview. I feel really bad about that. I thought it was going to come from those four other teams I thought it could come from. And then we'll go to the DMR. We can just show the last uh, lap of this. Stanford's DMR. I thought they'd be able to give the NCAA record uh, a run. They, they almost did, and this was when, they, when the conditions weren't good. But they used the same team that they did at NCAA. So they had Tanaka to Valman to Roisin Willis to Juliet Whitaker. And they just dominated this race as you, you'd expect that they could do maybe a little more competition out there, especially on Willis's leg. Willis just erased a huge gap, and then you fast forward to the end, and she's just there's no one near her, so she did she didn't get any benefit from chasing. She chased, caught him, and then put him in the rear view. I, I like that Sanford just went for it. Yeah, they weren't playing games at all. In fact, they were playing so few games that night. Friday night, they got back on a plane to fly back to the Bay Area because they ran in the big meet on Saturday against Cal. So. They probably were thinking the faster we finish, the quicker we can get our bags checked and through security, maybe have time to charge our phone, get a quick snack, and get on the cross-country flight. And that's exactly what they did. I saw Valman ran a quick quarter for them on, on Saturday at the big meet. Yeah, Valman ran 52.07. Willis ran at the big meet 53.41. Did Whitaker run? Maybe, yeah, Whitaker did not need a run. She ran the mile. She ran the mile. So she she's got, like, uh, you're good. Have, yeah. You run the full but mile. But she still had to fly back with them probably. Yeah, she still had to fly. Or maybe she stayed. No, she, she definitely flew back with them. Uh, but they were about two seconds off the outdoor collegiate record. In the, in the rain, they went for it. It was impressive. They, yeah. They did not lollygag around. They win the DMR indoors. They win the DMR at Penn. They get on the flight to go compete at the big meet. Did Stanford beat Cal at the big meet? I think they did. They did? Is well, there, 
I don't know where the team, team scores, scores are. Oh, team scores aren't on team mm, first. Yeah. Oh, uh, they did not. Cal beat Stanford. Oh. Oh. Uh oh. What was the score? Eighty-seven to seventy-six. Ooh, that was close. Hey, they still Big, got the sweep. Some were saying, should, if they don't run a pen relays, does that <laughs> well, does that Willis change the score of the Cal? Willis Cal... got ten points, right? No, Willis was oh, third in the quarter. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, who won the eight? Well, they swept the quarter, so it doesn't matter. Who won the eight? That's ooh. and See, who won the who won the mile? They swept the eight hundred, so that doesn't matter. Did they fifteen? Fifteen, I mean, Cal. Ooh, okay, yeah, Cal won the. Well, that's 1,500. Only, that's only an you a couple more points. That's five so. points, but if you would have put a fresh team in there, mm-hmm. they probably could have added five and subtract five, so that's a difference of 10 points, which was the margin. Well, was, was uh, that the margin of victory? I don't know if they're going to add five. You said 11 was the margin. Right? Wait a minute. So that would have made them get to 81, and I would have dropped Cal down to 82. Mm. So what can't do you blame think- that. You're you're really big into, and I'm in, I'm excited about this too. The, the DMR indoor and the DMR pen Double. sweep. Yeah, that's just you're the you're the king or queen of the DMR. Yeah. if you do that, because those are the only two places where the DMR matters. Yeah, I think we should do more to build that up every year. Yeah, like there should, you should get the wheel, but then you also should get something else, and then get you, you need to get even like if you win at it's like the triple crown. Except the d- double. It's only two. Double, double crown. crown. Like if you win in simply indoors, you should be required to, to go defend yes. your, your title. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, most teams that do win NCAA indoor DMR do go on to run it at Penn Relays. Yeah. A majority of them do. But uh, yeah. Wisconsin men won it this time. Yeah. It, Oklahoma not, State was it, in it. Oklahoma State got beat. Yeah. They got beat. Yeah. All right. The other one I wanted to mention on the college side. I want to say one last thing though. Providence though, that, those women's 4 by 15 very impressive. Yeah, great job. They, yeah, they had no milers in the top 50 indoors. And they, Yeah, was Washington was in there, New Mexico was in there, Oklahoma State was in there, and Notre Dame was in there. Yeah. Like well, who's their anchor like Kimberly thought, Kimberly May, what's her PR? Kimberly May. Gordon's googling. Her PR oh, PR is actually pretty good. 413. But her mile is four thirty seven. She's four thirty seven miles. She ran four thirteen. They run the four by fifteen. They run the four by Yeah, but miles Houston. Houston men. Uh they didn't win the four by two. Houston had a huge difference between Friday and Saturday. Yes. Their their four by two loss to G C Foster. Sean Maswangani ran what in the prelims? Like eleven seven in the rain. <laughs> and got barely last got guy in. to get in. Got, got in. Then the next day, Saturday. They win the four by one, celebrating. They're very pumped up after the four by one victory, and then Maswangani is in lane one for the hundred, and and gets the win. Yeah, can't have two more opposite days than that. I don't think it looked to be going wrong for them. It almost seemed like he didn't want to qualify for the hundred meter <laughs> final. But yeah, when you told were... me when you told me his time, I said, I mean, again, the weather wasn't great, but also it just it wasn't it wasn't going well for him. And then the next day was. What did you think of Houston, though? In the rain, they get the win. The time is obviously kind of, again, irrelevant because of the conditions. But, you know, down in LSU. 10-7-4 was his. That's funny. And then he won it with a 10-40. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. There's been, there was other 4 by ones that went down in LSU the same weekend. Most of them top, you know, five in the nation. Houston wins this. Houston now is looking good with getting wins, but they're not putting together fast times. And 
I guess the question is, is Houston just going to be a gamer where always it's just yeah. runs up to the competition? Or is this going to be something that's going to come to bite them when they get to NCAA season when they're like LSU's running 38 mid and they max out at 39 flat? I think if you could have one of the two, I think you'd almost rather have the team that's a gamer because you know they can get to stick around and you know you have Maswin Gagne who can turn in a big leg. Yeah. And you have the cohesion of the team. Yes, if a top-end team hits all their marks, you, you get beat by them, you tip your cap, and you say good job. But I like the season that Houston's putting together. Yeah. And I, you know, you run in a race like this, they mentioned it in the post-race interview, there's a lot of pressure when you're out there. Like, there's opposing fans. <laughs> you know, they're cheering for G.C. Foster out there. There's more yeah. people cheering for G.C. Foster than they were Houston. So that's an environment that gets you ready for NCAA outdoors, which isn't going to be hostile, but it is going to be loud, and there is going to be pressure on your shoulders. They did I, beat Clemson in that race, so Clemson's a, a good team. Clemson ran 38-8 at Texas Relays. So right now, Houston has the eighth fastest time. LSU has run 38-26. Mm-hmm. Houston is eighth with 39 flat. So it's a point eight seconds. It's a lot. Yeah. So those are the MVPs that I had. Anybody else you want to mention or any other teams? Texas A&M women, they got three wheels, four by one. Almost a car. Four by one, four by four, and sprint medley, relay. The high school action was all great, yeah. I thought. I mean, they were just – they just go for it. That high school boys, four by eight was an insane finish, if you haven't seen it yet. A lot of the races are on our YouTube page if you want to check them out or on the site. Yeah. Uh, what else? I was uh oh Olympic development. Ajay Wilson. Ajay Wilson ran well. Jordy Beamish got the win. Josette no- J- Andrews. Yeah, it was. Um, Andy Bayer came out of retirement, or his second race out of retirement. He fell though. He, he still fall? he still finished. He still finished. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. I was just I was naming notable. I mean, he's made a team before, and he's been in the mix for 10, 10, 12 years in American distance running. Corporate DMR on defensor title. Everyone was, you had a great call on that. Loved Watch it. Watch that back. Google corporate DMR. Listen to Kevin's call. It's on Instagram. Yeah. Or the last 30 seconds because there was some drama there. I won't get into it. Uh, Masters, the race is always Didn't someone try to get DQ'd in the corporate? They tried, someone filed a protest oh, yeah, in the corporate I DMR. It. I want to figure out what corporation did that. Yeah. <laughs> we did they send a cease and desist or something like that? Or like, did they have to contact the SEC? Yeah. Did they like Not that hire, SEC, but the other SEC. Have, they hire their lawyers to go yeah. after the other corporation. <laughs> Cease get legal involved. Cease and desist from being in your walking 400 the lane. Meter, your four hundred meter leg stepped on the inside rail too yeah. many times. Yeah, have it written all I'll out. See you in court. Yeah, <laughs> it's all in the legal ease. That would be great if imagine in order to protest like race disqualifications, you need a lawyer, it, you need a lawyer mm-hmm. and it had like a whole court system where they had like the track and field judge sitting down and they both stated their case <laughs> and they had like a jury of their peers. <laughs> And they just did a whole mock trial in like five minutes for every DQ protest. That would be a good sketch. We should make that as a sketch. Like if DQ protests were treated like actual law court. Yeah, you need to get a gavel and everything. For the second year in a row during Penn, we had a big 200. We did. From a a teenager. Last year it was Aaron Knight in 1949. This year it's uh, Isam Asinga, who... (laughs) Man, this guy's just been on a roll lately, right? We saw he beat Lyles a few weeks ago. 
in the hundred, and now he drops uh, this two hundred. Um, Nineteen point nine seven seconds for the senior. Sub twenty. It breaks the high school record just because Knighton, according to the people who keep the record books, doesn't count as a high schooler, even though he was in high it school. It counts in my book. Yeah, yeah. He went, he went faster than Lyles, which Lyles had the record, which makes sense because Asinga just beat pro Noah Lyles, and I don't think high school Noah Lyles could beat pro Noah Lyles. Correct. From that side of things. Transitive it, properties work out here. It, it lines up. It lines up. But, yeah, I think a better, more accurate thing is getting a U18 or yeah, a U18 or U20 list and looking at where he matches up because depending on whether or not they're in school or not is how you determine these things. But, Gordon, you know a lot of the guys he raced against in this field too. Like he's jumping in these college races and, and holding his own. Yeah. I mean, uh, I had the – crap, I had, I had the list up of who was in that race. Do we have the, do you have the results? Well, James Dadzi. And, yeah. and Courtney Lindsay. Yeah, Courtney Lindsay of Texas Tech, who um, is probably going to, on pace to finish top three at NCAAs. And then James Dadzi, who I think West uh, Texas A&M, mm-hmm. West, oh, Western Texas College, 21 years old, out of Ghana, uh, D2 represent, uh, not D2, uh, Juco, Juco represent. Yeah. Uh, he's already run a 989 wind-aided 100. You know there's currently a lot of D1 colleges who are like, hey, buddy, you want to come here next year? He's going to be like the prized possession of 2024. Come on, Dadsy. Dadsy, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, he's 21, runs 19-7, world lead, national record for Ghana. We're, we'll talk about Tobogo out in Botswana, but he runs faster than Tobogo by, you know, 0.1 seconds. Mm-hmm. Very impressive by him. But it's not, let's go back to Asinga. Mm-hmm. Now that he has the win over Noah Lyles, now he has a 1997 win legal 200. Yeah. The men's 100 and 200 on the U.S. side is, is stupid, right, of how deep it is. Yeah. There's no way a high schooler we is going to mix it up with them. We don't even know if he's going to run in the U.S. trials. He not said yet. True. What country he's going to represent. Do you, is there a point now yet when we're going to start looking at this kid as a legitimate summer yeah. factor? Yeah, the point is now. Okay. You pile up the wins with the times. If we did a top 20 list, he's not outside your top 20 in either event. But he's outside top 10 still. He'd probably be outside the top 10. Okay. Just, But a lot of that's just based on people haven't debuted yet. Yeah. But we're going to give credit to the person who was sixth at Worlds over – somebody like him yeah but with each passing week and then we get the diamond league going this week and you get more continental tours he's gonna keep inching up the list i just don't know what is he what's his aim with this year what is his season geared towards yeah because you have all those high school all-star meets well it doesn't seem like that's going to be any challenge yeah for him at all so has he already thought out and his coach already thought out hey we're going to go through to is a plan to go through into the summer, past that, World Championships. There's just a lot of uncertainty around what he's doing, but there is one thing that we know, and it's he's fast enough right now to compete. Yeah. I mean, if you told me now he could make the finals of the World Championships, it's I mean, totally within realm possibilities. With three months to go, a little over three months yeah. to go to Worlds, he's currently ranked fourth in the world. 
but based on time. Yeah. 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 But again, we just don't know. We don't know what his what what the plan is for his his season. Right? He goes to Mont Verde Academy. He's not competing in the regular high school dual meets or invitationals out there. Yeah. And and we we don't know if he's going to go to US trials or not. But Anthony on the chat says Singa says that Worlds is the goal. Okay. Worlds is my goal. Well, <laughs> He has a. What was your goal chance. when you were a senior in high school? Was it ever Worlds or was it? My goal in high school? Oh, just to make a college team. Didn't do it. Kind of like your goal was to be an Imagineer for Disney. We both came up short. Bro. bro. Sorry, man. It's like an athletic goal. Yeah. This is, I remember in high school, it's like, oh, you want to make state. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. This guy's not trying to make state. He's no, trying to, trying make, to make world, world state. A little, little bit different. His hot horizons they, are a little bit broader. You know how we call it like, oh, I'm going to state instead yeah. of I'm going to states? Oh, do I know? I'm going to state, right? Yeah. Do you ever say I'm going to world instead Which of worlds? That's a controversial I'm topic. making world. Going world. We're, going, right. we're going world. <laughs> we're going to world. You want to talk about Botswana? With Continental Please. Tour? It would be cool if they call it global. That would be a better name. We're going global. <laughs> Worldwide. All right. Yes. Sorry. Gordon's a little loopy today. Guys. A little loopy. Lacking sleep. Much different than the other days. <laughs> not... Yes. Go ahead. Botswana. So I, got, I pulled out four different races that we can talk about. All right. Which one are we talking about first? Well, we'll just let's fire up that link, Nico. Let's get that going. This one I thought was the most significant. Muzala Samunkanga, forty-three ninety-one in the quarter over jo- Karani James. Good. Pretty good field in this thing and. He just crushed everybody. And Commonwealth champ from last year. He's a young guy. Uh, I brought him up in our 400-meter rankings. I don't think we had him in there, but I said this he's a sleeper. He definitely would be in the rankings now. We got a, a trend developing in the quarter with just really fast early season times. Saw it with Van Niekerk. Rob Benjamin ran a fast one. We think he's going to run the 400 hurdles because that's what he does. But just And now we have a sub-44 40, already. But Salmon Conga can medal. Certainly, and he wasn't on a lot of people's big boards going into the year. I like that he reacted this way because, you know what? Pro athletes also can collapse at the finish line because they're really tired. It's not just Especially for the quarter. The, us, us weak youngins who don't know how to run fast. Uh, but he got, <laughs> you rarely see someone be, get carried off in a stretcher after running 43 seconds. Yeah, no, that literally is Van Niekerk, though, remember? The, the wheelchair, too? Sure. In the, uh, after Worlds? The Olympics? I don't remember. Maybe it was both. But, yeah, he, he's from, from Zambia. And, and again, it just – Look, at he made up the stagger in, like, the first 80 meters. Yeah, he, 20 years old. But, yeah, this is the profile of a lot of good 400-meter yeah, runners yeah. Is, is they get, they get good uh, at a very young age and rides a hot hand. You know, you want to see what the rest of the world does. But if Norman ends up not running the quarter – you have Gardner there, you have James, you have Van Niekerk, but you have a lot of opportunity for someone like Sam Conga to come in there and, and do some damage. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Last year, his PB is, what was his PB going into this? I looked it up before. 44.6. So, drop seven tenths. 20 years old. Yeah. I, I think he's a guy. We need to definitely circle this, pay attention to him. He, he's going to be good. This wasn't just a one-off. Um, the other race what was the second one here. Oh, Kayla White wins the 200 over Shakira Richardson. Uh, 20, gosh, where did the time go? Where did the times? 
You didn't put it in. Oh, here you go. 2238 to 2254 in the 200. What are your thoughts on this? Is this uh, Shakari just not being really 200 meter sharp? Shakari being kind of hot and cold when it comes to her races where she can go out there and run 10-5 one time and then lose a zone of Kayla, like Kayla White. No, yeah. no disrespect Kayla White, but like if you're running 10-5, you feel like a 10-5 woman should be able to, to run faster than a 22 yeah. yeah. Uh I mean, it could be a little bit of all that, but I also just think she's more... 100 is her main event. Butter, yeah. Also, flying all the way to Africa across the across the world, really. You know, White had to do the same thing, so yeah. cre- credit her for a good win. But it's easy just to chalk it up and say, "All right, this race was basically to get her sharp for oh, Doha. Doha meet." Yeah. So you you do a lot of the travel, get a lot of travel out of the way, go to a different distance, and then that gets you ready, get your legs under you for what you can do again in Doha. Because in Doha, you're running against Shrika Jackson. Asher Smith, Abby Steiner, I think Tonisha Terry's in that race too, who yeah. won won a hundred, looked pretty good in, in Botswana. So yeah, I don't, it, I don't read anything into it. I mean, she had pretty much the lead on her, not the lead on her, like tied with her through the first hundred, but kind of really fell apart in that final, like eighty meters. Maybe looked she, like she was kind of stiffening up, tied so up a little bit, yeah, tight tightening up. Makes sense if you're primarily hundred meters. The, the the second half of that two hundred is going to be harder on you. Than it is for others so that could be the main reason but i guess we'll really see because you want to see what shikari does you want to see like if there's consistency right mm-hmm. and right now we're having a, a hot one and now we have a cold one now i think we can get a hot one with doha but can we have back-to-back hot races well i think of the two races, Doha is so much more important than this one. True, hundred <laughs> percent. So I think that, that'll all be forgotten. I think you got to think of it just in terms of the hundred. Yeah. What is she doing in the hundred? All the other stuff, just preparation for her in, in the hundred. Fair enough. But 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 that hundred is gonna be real tough because we've seen Jackson already run fast times. We've seen Steiner. Like people are coming in ready. This is a really really high quality. Field. We'll talk more about it a little later. But that's a that's a really really tough test. Let's see, what was the third race on here? Oh, Omanyala. He ran fast. Uh, slightly wind dated, but 9.78 to get the win. Uh, there was some back and forth on that, whether or not he was going to get DQ'd because he ran out of his lane. Results? Why don't we show this race? Let's show this race. Yeah, let's yeah, see let's if he's fu- DQ'd. Fire this one up, Nico. Well, this is just going to devolve into another debate of what are actually the rules in track and field. Yeah. Nico, why don't you go fast forward to the start? It's like halfway through. Um, you'll be able to see. Yeah, anyway, uh, athletics. They still have the hundred listed. The results still have the hundred listed. Okay, uh, where I didn't see this lane infringement. So where is it? Oh, about bunch. He takes a couple steps. Okay, uh, oh, so Manuel's in the middle. He's running. You gotta run into Chibogo's lane. Uh, ah, yeah. that's fine. Come on. <laughs> I like the noises that you made with it. He did. He got no advantage. Do you feel like he screwed up Chibogo's race at all? No, no. I just, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the question is, would it would in a championship race? What would what would the result be? Because this is just, I mean, if you look at these all as exhibition. Well, in a championship race, they also shouldn't DQ them. Yeah. You should only be DQ'd if you screw up the other runner, you or run, you run a shorter distance than legally expected. You run shorter. Uh, <laughs> are you sorry? Your time's slower if you're moving side to side. So if he runs nine seven eight, moving to the side, I'm more looking at the time and what it means. Okay. Later on. Oh, so you're, on now D. you're into hundred meter conversions. I'm gonna so convert. A, 
his time to being a little bit faster because if he stayed a little bit straighter, maybe knock off a hundredth or two. Okay. Maybe he was in nine seven six shape. Maybe. It's point oh two. It's a point oh two angle. I think I'd have to go back and really measure it. Use some advanced geometry to figure out what the angles would be. But I just. I'm taking time. Yeah, we'll be able to see it from this head-on one. Throw this one up. Okay. Uh, Nico. All right. Yeah. See if he steps. Uh, he's still inside. He's inside. Inside. How many steps? Uh, so he's ahead of him at this one, point. One, two, three, four. It's four steps. And then there's a gather, right? Yeah. The Euro step. The yeah. Euro stepped into the Bogos lane. Yeah, yeah. AJT points out <laughs> Veronica Campbell ran the entire last 100 of a 200 in someone else's lane and got a bronze medal. Yeah, I, I've seen video of that. That is really strange yeah. to see. I know Eli Hall did that one time in Juco where he just went into someone's lane yeah. at 200. And was, did he cue him or no? No, he just he was just running in front of him the oh. entire time. <laughs> it's like he was just so far ahead, you kind of forget where your lane is. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. The last race uh, I wanted to bring up was Tobogo again because he came back later. Throw this one up there, Nico. In the 200, 19.87 into a headwind. Part of this youth movement in the sprints right now. And it's looking pretty good. Over that 100, 200 double. I know he lost to Omanyala by a good amount, but Omanyala is turning into a real factor. So no shame in that. And then this 200 was pretty good. Yeah. And again, good field. Andre de Grasse in there, Joseph Fambula, Aaron Brown. Um, but Tobogo kind of ran down the field. He didn't have a good start. He was able to kind of pull ahead. Fambula also was doing the same thing, but Fambula had a more to make up there but tobogo after his coming on strong at, at worlds he's gonna be a factor he's gonna be in the mix in both the 100 and the 200 uh, minus, i know minus I, point three. yeah the story is gonna be usa versus the world and the world is getting better and better i like it's in, in the two or the one in or both. both so you have omanyala you have tobogo making sure you got the ghana kid running yeah. 1970 at tobogo you have um Jamaicans, yeah. you know they're going to do what they're going to do. Uh, they are. Marcel Jacobs will wait on that. So like, mm. yeah, that's actually going to be a a fun thing when you score the meet and just the one and the two. Ten, eight, six, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. USA versus world, where you only can score four people. So you can't say world team gets a fifth person because <clears throat> yeah, whatever. Still so, taking US, but yeah. it's closer in the beginning of the year. Yeah, because US can go one, two, and both, and that's pretty much all she wrote. Yeah, we're using 10, 8, 6, 5 yeah. scoring. Okay. I'll get a form chart out. Get a form chart out. out. All those races are on YouTube. You can find those as well in the US. All right. Oh, Anthony says Tarsus Oregon, too. Yeah. He's been running Alabama. Or Uganda. Well, Uganda, though. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Alabama. US versus the world, but Alabama is separate. Yeah. SEC. All right. What do we got left? Oh, Doha preview. I'm gonna preview Doha. I mean, this just builds off what we were talking about before. When is Doha? Doha is Friday. Friday, I believe, right? May, May fifth. Is that Friday? Yes, yeah, Friday. All right, man. Isn't it crazy? Do Diamond League is back. Yeah. Well, I feel like it was like indoors <clears throat> one week ago, and now it's the start of outdoor no. Diamond League season. Yeah, it feels like Penn Relays was just two days ago. True. And the London Marathon and the Boston Marathon. And... Okay, you're mocking me, but it does, it does, does feel like do the year's gone be by. The best weekend in track and field the whole year. <laughs> are we getting close? These fields are good. 
particularly in the sprints, this is the men's 200. We got the men's 200 up there. Yeah, here we go. Kenny Bednarik, Aaron Brown, Andre DeGrasse, Joseph Fombele, Andrew Hudson, Fred Curley, Michael Norman, Alex Ogando. That's good. That's a good field. We get Norman versus Curley in a two early on with a bunch of other guys who can get in the mix. Bednarik, the medalist. This is the race where I need Kenny B to kind of this is where the move happens. Give me a little more, like juice, hope, hope. for your prediction. Potent, yeah. Right. I need this is big for me. What do you need him? Top three, top two. I need him to win. You need him to win. Okay, yeah. if he wins, then that's that's. I would even say you get a you get a second. No, here. he needs You're to win. In a good direction. If I think he can win the world title, he can beat Fred Curley and Michael Norman. Like, here's my prediction. He's going to get like third. No, no. My prediction is Michael Norman's going to run really fast, and everyone's going to say, wait, oh. why don't we do the 200 instead of the. Is it not too late? <laughs> Can we make another article slightly different? Just edit out, edit out the 100 meter part and put the 200 part? Because I've always been bullish on Norman in the two. Always. I think Kenny B is going to win this race. Okay. I'm pretty confident on that one. Yeah. I mean, you, you need it to happen. Fonbele, we just saw him run, so he's he's sharp. DeGrasse doesn't seem. Brown, Brown's sharp, twenty oh oh. DeGrasse just needs a little more time. But actually, this does have the making of an Aaron Brown early season upset run. I could see that. Everybody's looking at the uh, or Ogando. Ogando was good last year in Eugene. All right, I think Kenny B's gonna win it. Good pick, good pick. I am biased, but I'm, I'm leaning onto my bias. I'm just. I'm going to go real quick through the other men's fields, and then we'll go to the women's 100. So the 400, mostly Qatari athletes. It's not Diamond League. 800. 800. Your guy, Mula from Algeria. Clayton Murphy. Sajadi. Maud Zahafi. Sawinski's there to pace, I'm assuming. Or maybe he's going to run another 145. Uh, Noah Cabet. Wyclef Kenyamal. I feel like we should not be previewing 800s until they run something fast. <laughs> I think I'm on 800 preview strike until we get some. I just mentioned it because you're guy. No, I, I'm excited for Mula, but I got to see him go out there and run 143, and then I can start getting excited. All right, let me give you the let me give you the men's 3,000. How about that? Aragawi, Barrega, Chariot, Albacali, No Barrier Albacali. You ever Ooh. seen No Barrier Albacali? That's could be like. Playoff Rondo. Exactly. We could see some wild. What's uh, what's the other one? Hoodie Mellow. Hoodie Mellow. Yeah. What's the other one? Headband Harden. Yeah. And those LeBron. Oh, those uh, Headband Butler. I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyway. Playoff Jimmy. <laughs> NBA nope. references. Nope. Sixers start, by the way, this tonight. Thanks for the announcement. Anyway. My uh, Germa's in there. Mental this health. Is McSwain. On edge. <laughs> Wale. That's a really good 3,000 field. Uh, four hurdles, Bry Benjamin, Trevor Bassett. And then we'll go to the women. We'll go to the women? Yeah. Okay. So we talked about the women's 100 earlier. It's going to be really good. Great test for a lot of these women in just the first Diamond League meet of the year. Sharika Jackson, Abby Steiner, Shakira Richardson, Tony Cherry, Dean Asher-Smith, Tiana Daniels. I mean, the, this is this is really, really loaded race. Most of them, I mean, Asher Smith hasn't run a, a hundred outdoors, but most of them have had a couple races and they've had a good race too. We have a little bit of an idea of where they're at. What do you think? Pick the order. I mean, I think, I think I'll go with Jackson to win. I, I, think, I think I'm really interested in Steiner too, because 
She's been running some fast, short stuff. But I'll go Jackson, Richardson, Steiner, Asher Smith. Asher Smith, fourth. Yeah. She hasn't has she run it all yet outdoors? Let's see. I'm gonna go Jackson. You know what? Actually. Yeah, I'm gonna go Jackson. Terry. Well, I see Richardson. I was, I was gonna say we just saw Terry win. So I think we go Jackson, Terry, Richardson, Steiner fourth. Asher Smith hasn't run since February twenty fifth. Yeah. Indoors. That's why I would have her farther back. If we had seen her, I'd bump her up. Jackson, Terry, one. Richardson, Steiner. Lock it in. That's your that's your order, huh? That's the order. All right. I'm gonna go four for four on that one. Okay. Time one. Assuming we're getting into we're getting into stadium season. <laughs> so we're not we're not getting plus four point ones or yeah, minus yeah. uh time fives. the winning time's gonna be ten. So Jackson's run ten eighty two this year. The winning time's gonna be ten eighty five. Okay. No, it's gonna be Yeah, ten eighty five. Ten eighty five. Ten eighty five, ten ninety, ten ninety two, ten ninety five. Do you like stadium season? No. I like fast win season. I you, like because it allows us to like just dream. Dream and like fantasize what this could have been in a perfect uh vacuum. I like vacuum. Not just season. any, not just any vacuum. A perfect vacuum. A perfect vacuum. It's my favorite type. Okay, women's quarter. Rest of the Diamond League events. Uh, Shamir Little, Candice McLeod, Stephanie McPherson, Paulino, headliner, forty-eight ninety-nine. Asada Williams in there, forty-nine seventy-five. Paulino's run fifty point three three. I think she's the pick. I want to see what Little does. Maybe she runs another fast one. Maybe she's considering both events again. Although we always say that. Yeah. I think Paulino's, though, she's probably going to go out there and run fast. I mean, we saw um, Gabby Thomas ran a 49 second yeah. 400 in Austin this past weekend. Is 49 so, the new 50? That's what I'm thinking. I think time? we're going to start seeing more 49s. Yeah. I think that's going to become the new uh, baseline, especially now that Sydney and Femke Bowl are going to be hopping into the 400. Sydney yeah. McLaughlin, Leverone, uh, she announced that she's running the 400 in LA. At the end of May. Yeah. So showing that there's, hey. Movement. I'm actually going to run without barriers. It's happening. Yeah. I mean, I want to see the rest of that field too. Yeah. Well, you want to you see. see a what, thing mowing in the race. Well, yeah. Or any, anybody who's sub 50 capable, I think. Just because you want to see her push to see what she has. Otherwise, it's going to be difficult to figure out. All right. Well, what's better? Four hurdles or, or 400 for yeah. But yeah, that announcement got a lot of a lot of interest. Women's fifteen hundred. Uh, Faith Kipiegon, who you picked against at the World Championships, which in a strange strange decision, I of course picked for her. Best in the world, you know? <laughs> greatest women's miler of all time, is in this field. Then you got a Hailu, both Hailus, Friendly and Lemlem, uh, Wiltelji. Corey McGee's in it for the U.S., Klosterhofen for Germany, Hull for Australia. Abby Calder, this is a good field too. Really good distance races. Kevin, this is a good field, Sully, here. Yeah, I'm being very positive. I'm being very positive. That's a good field. Well, a good field. You see, it's a sometimes, great field. You, sometimes you see the headliner. Oh, look, look, at that, look at that field. Look at some flowers. Great field over there. Oh, look at this. That's a nice tree. This is a great field over there. Zilco Park, great field. <laughs> sometimes you see Wrigley that. Wrigley Field, great field. Dodger Stadium, meh. It's a stadium. 
Sometimes Stadium you see season. sometimes you see the headliner and then you okay, that's it. That's yeah. where all the resources went to with Kipiegon. It's good to see depth. Depth. I like it. Yeah. Depth. For sure. And then in the steeple, you got Coburn, you have Chip Coach, Chemutai, uh, Abebe is in there. Uh, Yavi. So you got a lot of lot of medalists, a lot of world record holders in there too. Anything else from Doha before we go? No. No? All right. That's it for Doha? That's it. That's it. All right. What What's the best thing to do in Doha? For all the, our podcast listeners who are getting on a flight <laughs> to go watch this live in Doha, um, any advice? You've been there for a week. Well, you can go. They're big on indoor malls there. Okay. You can go if you're looking to get out of the heat, and it's hot most of the time there, go to indoor mall. If you want to be outside, you go to the Souk Waqif. A lot of shops, stores, restaurants there. Walk around. It's it's touristy, but that's okay. And I had a really good meal there. And Lincoln and I enjoyed it immensely. That was pretty much... And you see the pictures, everybody on the dunes and stuff. We, we never did that stuff. But that's usually... Every pro athlete who goes there does the exact same thing because you see the exact same pictures on Instagram every single time. In the exact same location? Pretty it looks pretty similar. Maybe the, the maybe same, it's a green screen. It's the same tour company. Maybe they all just not there. going. They're just yeah. blindfolding them and drugging them and making them go to a movie studio. We didn't have time to do any of that. Um, I think there's a good art museum as well too. The the thing we had time for was just to go down to the Sukwaki for dinner, which was which was good. It's fun. I enjoyed it, but I don't think there's gonna be that many of our listeners who are there. If you do go, let me know. Send us an email. Yeah. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. It's on there. All right. Uh, anything else? That's it, man. Oh, programming announcement. Mondays. We're a Monday show now. So we're not going to be on. So Wednesday and Friday, we won't be on. We're back Monday, which is why we were previewing Doha so early. And yeah, we'll, we'll post those clips throughout the week. And then we'll be back Monday to recap everything from the weekend, which would include Doha from Friday. So if you got takes... Hold on. You got to hold on to them a little longer. Because they might get expired by the time we keep, talk about them on Keep Monday. them close. Yeah, you could email. Send all it takes Sunday night. Yeah, you could email them so that, that way they're preserved, but then that's risky. Yeah. Because then if they go out of date by the time we start, then you could be completely wrong. So you say, save the takes maybe for, for Monday. Dra- put them in draft maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. That's the show. And it's not because the Sixers are playing in the playoffs <laughs> this week and I – won't be mentally focused on track and field. Yeah. Gordon won't be mentally fo- Have you started to accept it a little bit? No, no, I don't accept it until after the first quarter of tonight. Oh, then you're just going to go. That's when I'll... Because if he's hurt, yeah. does that help? It doesn't help, but then you just... It, but you, you can it start accepting. It you hope of like, hey, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. Maybe yeah. Paul Reed can win the NBA title. And then you wrote a book. And then you read the book. I read the book. Great times. We're good. That's it, man. What uh, Derek wants to know why, why you guys can't talk about the Ole Miss men winning the 4x8. Uh, oh, 4x8 men. Yeah, let's talk about the 4x8 men and women real quick. So, low-key. Uh, that was an awesome race. First of all, it's fast. It was it's fourth fastest time at Penn Relays. Yeah. And shout out to, to Mike, who we met there. Anchor leg of the Arizona State team that set the NCAA record back in 1984. Very nice guy. Got to learn more about uh, the history of the record and how they're all surprised that it even lasted this long. Those teams all went for it. Yeah. The reason they didn't get it, it didn't have anything to do with 
tactics or strategy or anything. It's just a hard record to get to have four people average 147-2 on a relay. Now, you could pull up PRs and show me, oh, this person's run this time and that person's run that time. But it's hard to get them all to do it on the same day. This was not for lack of trying. This was a great battle. Ole Miss pulled it out in the end. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that race. And then I'll, I'll talk about the women in a second. But it is interesting that Ole Miss won the race running the fourth uh, fastest time ever, right? Yeah. Their opening leg ran 150.8. Mm-hmm. So it, they ran 150. That was flat. 150.8, then 147 flat, 146.7, then 147.7. So that 146.7 on that third leg really gave Ole Miss the opportunity to be in it at the end when it came down to the final three teams, Ole Miss, Penn State, Iowa State. Texas A&M had a crazy killer anchor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Whitmarsh ran 146.7. So there was a couple – there was a bunch of 146s mixed in from a bunch of different teams. You had Camden Marshall of Indiana ran 146. You had uh, Sam Whitmarsh, the anchor for A&M, run 146. And then you had uh, Taranen Corcoran. Um, of Ole Miss, run one forty six on. But you can leg. see how hard that record is. If they're if you're talking about these outlier legs at one forty six, yeah, having to average one forty seven is it's hard, is tough. And I I think you need it for it to get broken. I, I thought about this. You need to just have the one person who can do the one forty four to give you a little bit of a buffer. Yeah, because again, to have all four people run that fast, given the conditions, because sometimes you're not going to be in ideal positioning. Sometimes you're going to have to be out front. So you need a little bit more. Cushioning. It's tough if if P, your PB of your fastest person is only a second better than what you need to average. That's hard. And also, notably in that 4 by 8 the Washington men, they ran the exact same team from the 4 by mile So it looks like Andy Powell was like doing a little workout. He was disguising his Penn Relays <laughs> races as also a workout because obviously they were trying to win the 4 by mile yeah. they, they came up short because of that anchor leg weirdness. But all four guys came back and ran uh, the 4 by 8 they ran 150, 150, 153, 153. Mm. So after running a mile, what, two hours prior? Yeah. So a little 800 cool down for you, Dub Man. So, I'm sure that felt great on the yeah. hamstrings. Yeah, thanks, have, Coach. Having to go against just some straight 800-meter runners. That's yeah. tough. And then the women's 4 by 8 was fun, too. Penn State gets the win um, in, in, a, in what was a blowout. But what was interesting afterwards, um, I was watching the interview that we had with um, Penn State. Their anchor, uh, Rachel Gearing, was recruited to Penn State to jump. And she had an injury. And the doctor said, can't jump anymore. So they were like, all right, what events can you do? And then she started to do shorter sprints, but that wasn't a good fit. They're like, no, 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 let's let's try something else. So they actually bumped her up to the 800. And uh, she closed in, in 203. I think she has a... 202 PR. Yeah. So very fun interview with them too. She got uh, a big personality, so it's interesting to hear her her talk about that. But talk about a void. Talk about being an all around athlete, being recruited to go to Division One school to do long jump and triple jump, and then you end your career as an eight hundred meter. Yeah, twenty nineteen she was exclusively long and triple. Then twenty twenty COVID year, and twenty twenty one sorry running some four hundreds. Her first her first four hundred was fifty seven point five. Yeah, and that's I, might have been when they decided to move her. Move and then the, her the first game. 800 was 206, mm-hmm. and now she's running 202. Yeah. Cool story, though, I thought. Yeah. That's pretty pretty neat. It's not really typical horizontal 
to short jumps sprints to 800. Yeah. To 800. At this trajectory, she's wanting to run the marathon in 2030. <laughs> so that's going to happen. The path to success is not always a straight line. So it's cool. cool. Cool story. So we'll leave it there. Again, all the pen relays, interviews, and footage, and races, and clips, and highlights, you can find it on our site or on the various social media channels. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. So seven days from now, we'll see you right here. Thanks to Nico for producing. Thanks to Gordon for co-hosting. Have a great week. Go Sixers. <laughs>